0: where I'd normally go to the gym, where I'd normally go to work, where I'd normally go to the pub with my mates. Um, I couldn't do any of those things anymore. So what I did was I made it my job to
1: read books. That's Dylan Conway. He's the creator of Brothers and Books, an Instagram community based on sharing lived experience stories that's on a mission to make reading cool.
0: Reading is not for nerds. Reading is for mad dogs.
1: Dylan got hooked on books while he was stuck in hospital for over a year recovering from an unlikely condition. Essentially it's just an ingrown hair.
0: So I had a surgery on the ingrown hair to remove it and that led to another surgery. Uh, and another surgery. So I had two experiences where I was essentially um, bleeding to death on a hospital bed.
1: Reading gave Dylan something constructive to do when he desperately needed it. Unable to work on his body like he always had, he leveled up his mental fitness instead and it's changed his life.
0: Reading books is the easiest thing that you can do to improve your mental health in terms of effort, time, um, and money as well.
1: Brothers in Books invites followers to share stories about tough times they've been through linked to the books that have helped them overcome their struggles.
0: It's absolutely incredible. People message the page and and tell me about how they've read specific books from the page and then how they've gone out and they've done something amazing themselves.
1: It's a great idea, and Dylan is a great bloke. You can tell. I love recording this one. Hope you enjoy it too. All right, so you have to just be disciplined. You got to light your candle, and every night you got to read your book till you go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would probably be the ideal thing that you could do. But I just think it it's... sounds like you're making love, not <laughs> welcome to Young Blood, an award-winning podcast on a mission to make the mental health of young men a top priority. My name's Callum McPherson, I'm a journalist, and this is our platform to open up and share stories of what we've been through, because we're not alone. Let's do it. Before we kick this off, I just want to say thanks so much to everyone who's taken 15 to 90 seconds out of their day to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It boosts us up the ranks massively and makes a huge difference to how many people we can reach with these potentially life-saving stories. So thank you. And for those who haven't got around to it, please, if Youngblood has delivered you some value, let us know on there. Cheers, legends. This episode is sponsored by Bolton Brothers, the guys dedicated to changing the face of men's mental health and Ski for Life, the organization promoting mental health and suicide prevention through their annual ski relay in South Australia. Check out their websites and follow them on socials. Dylan, how did you end up in hospital for such a long time?
0: So I had a surgery on my back, Um, my lower back. It was a pilonidal sinus is what it's called. Uh, and essentially, it's just an ingrown hair. So I had a surgery on the ingrown hair to remove it, and that led to another surgery, uh, and another surgery. Was this how and big was
1: this hair? Was it running all the way through your body or something, or what are we talking?
0: Yeah, so it it was underneath the surface. So I can't confirm the exact length, but the risk with the hair and why it needs to be surgically removed is because it can potentially wrap around your spine and paralyze you for life. Shit. Um, So so the surgeon removed the hair, but what happens is the space that the hair took up um, remains under the surface of the skin uh, and it starts to pool with uh, fluid. Um, So from there, they've got to actually remove the flesh around the area uh, and they keep removing the flesh until the fluid stops building up. Now, unfortunately for me, I'm not a lizard. So when they took away that flesh, there was no tail that grew back. There was no flesh that grew back. Um, and so I was left with probably a 13-centimeter hole, seven-centimeter deep um, hole in my back. Um, oh, man. But throughout the process, and what was the hardest thing, and we'll talk about it later, I'm sure, um, the medical advice I was getting given at the time was essentially, uh, you'll be better in one week. You should be better in one week hey, mate, you should be better in one week. Yeah. And unfortunately, I probably got told that 52 times, I reckon. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> How long before uh, and, you stopped believing him?
0: Well, oh, that's a great question. Probably, probably seven weeks. And the time that I realized that I stopped believing it, um, my mother had flown down to just um, check up on me and I wasn't able to walk around, drive, sit down, shower, go to the toilet very easily. I was pretty incapacitated. And um, one of the nurses had said to my mother, don't worry, he'll be better in a week. And I said, respectfully, of course, you shut your goddamn mouth. (laughs) (laughs) If I had a dollar for every time I'd heard that. Yeah, exactly right, man. I'd be a wealthy man. But that makes Um, it
1: harder as well, because at least if you're told, all right, it's going to be six months, it's going to be 12 months, it's going to be this long period of time, you can wrap your head around that and you can accept that and then you can try to move forward. But if you're being told constantly, oh yeah, it's just going to be a week or you're just around the corner, you'll be out. And you start thinking about that, then that almost makes it harder. Is that what it was like?
0: A hundred percent, mate. And um, Victor Frankl talks about it with his experience in the Holocaust camp in his book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. And what he found was uh, a lot of the... Um, The people that were being prosecuted by the Germans in World War II, what would happen was they really looked forward to um, New Year's Eve or Christmas because they continued to believe that by that time, you know, the alliance would come through and they'd be rescued. So what would happen post those dates um, on Boxing Day and on the first day of the New Year, um, they hadn't been liberated. So what happened was the, um, their chances of survival drastically reduced because they had their hopes and expectations on something that didn't eventuate, mm. and that is a very hard reality to face. Um, the unknown, um, expectations not being met, you know, there's that saying about getting kicked while you're down. Well, I think I had a bloody semi-trailer bloody drive over me a couple of times throughout the experience. Because, because uh, that's what breaks,
1: <laughs> that breaks your spirit. When we, when we have those 100%. expectations and we build that up and we, we think something's going to happen and then it doesn't and then we have that happen again and again and again and we start to normalize that and think that that's always going to happen and that totally fucks up our worldview compared to if you don't have that expectation constantly or whatever the goalpost is, is, is off in the future and you get to work for it for a long time without expecting the gratification, then you're not necessarily getting let down constantly and that can be sort of the hardest part of it.
0: Exactly right. And to reframe it to, let's say, um, something that uh, a lot of people deal with, a relationship. Um, and we give someone the trust. Uh, and let's say they say they're going to do something and they don't do it, and they let you down. You know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. And if they continue to let you down, then it does, it becomes a hard eventuality. You lose the trust in your partner or your significant other. Uh, and then unfortunately, you do you do lose hope for a um, meaningful future. And it's exactly the same with the medical system, um, with work, with anything like that. So you're dead right. Um, Just having that belief when it's taken away, it is a hard, hard reality to deal with.
1: How did you reframe your thinking and how did your self-talk change in your head for how you were facing the situation?
0: Yeah. So importantly, my self-talk prior to reframing and changing the situation was extremely negative. I had an emergency surgery, one of the emergency surgeries on Christmas Eve, and at the time I was living in um, uh, an investment property that uh, I had just purchased, and I was by myself. Like I said earlier, I couldn't really drive or walk around or do any of the things that I used to love, um, so I had this surgery on Christmas Eve and I was up in, um, Townsville, North Queensland away from family and friends. Um, so I woke up on Christmas day, um, with, a essentially like a big scar, big wound in my back alone. Uh, and that was very difficult, um, for me to do, whether we like it or not, we're all children at heart, yeah. things like Christmases and birthdays, no matter, you know, who you are mean a lot to you. So, Oh man,
1: I spend a Christmas alone in Townsville as well, actually. So, did you? Yeah, yeah. Because I used to work. Oh. I used to work up there as a reporter. Had Christmas there and just had like no friends and no family and was like, ah, oh, this this sucks. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so it doesn't. It doesn't matter if you're the most resilient bloke in the world. I don't care. Um, that Christmas day, I'll remember um, for probably as long as I live. It was about the same time period where I did start to um, really self-identify that I wasn't doing the best mentally. And I wanted to change it and I wanted to find habits or activities that I could actually do, but not being able to walk, not being able to see my friends, not being able to work, um, there wasn't very many options. And the option that I went for that really drastically helped me was reading books. So um, where I'd normally go to the gym, where I'd normally go to work, where I'd normally go to the pub with my mates, um, I couldn't do any of those things anymore. So what I did was I made it my job to read books, so I'd wake up early in the morning at about five, uh, and I'd read books um, until about eleven o'clock at night uh, every single day for about a year.
1: That's um, which, that's <laughs> very hectic to just start doing that and commit to that. It obviously, speaks to your character and your resolve to be able to focus. But just before you talk about all the reading stuff, I'm interested in the seven weeks prior and the rest of your life prior, were you someone who would waste endless amounts of time scrolling on the phone or getting distracted by whatever it was? So I've definitely experienced this in my own life. That phone is just this abyss of distraction that we can get lost in and it fills up that time because we all have that void in our life where we don't have to be at work or we're not seeing a friend and we've got this free time and it's so easy to feel that time just scrolling not really learning anything or developing or getting anything out of it but it's just like we kind of get keyed into our phone and just time passes and who knows where it went and it's so easy to get distracted because you know you've got dating apps on there if you're into that you've got games, a <laughs> uh, big problem for young men obviously gambling's a massive one in terms of things that take your attention away did you struggle with getting lost in that and feeling like you know you weren't really ever utilizing your time?
0: Yeah, so um, I'll I'll try and answer this as um, succinctly as possible, but um, my professional work, I'm an infantry captain in the Australian Army. So I like to think that I do have good um, time effectiveness and I utilise my time correctly where I can. However, prior to this event and in those seven weeks before I turned to reading books where I was injured at home, Um, Definitely, mate. I found myself on my phone all the time, um, but worse than that, worse than the, um, you know, uh, drawing my attention to my phone, I found that my mind was often wandering towards um, feeling sorry for myself, essentially, um, and being unable to sort of justify why it was me that was going through this specific hardship. Um so at the time I was training for special forces selection in the Australian
1: Army. Yep.
0: So I'd gone from you know your six stack abs running every day, going to the gym huge all the time. part of your identity. Yeah, it was a big part of my identity, my purpose, my future goals, everything. Mm. And and as soon as I lost all of that, I did. I spent countless hours feeling sorry for myself, um, wanting it to end, but not being able to see a solution forward. And yeah, I definitely, um, spent time, uh, spent a lot of time on my phone, probably not doing anything very, um, very productive to myself. I guess you weren't
1: accepting it either. you wouldn't let yourself accept that and I can relate to that like having to if being a really physical person who valued that and your self-worth is very much intertwined with that and then not being able to do that that would just be super hard because that part of your identity almost has to die for a period of time and you're gripping onto it because you're like who am I if I'm not this Uh, and then getting to the point where it's like well if I won't train my body I'll train my mind it's a very wise move to make, but takes a lot of effort. I've recently started reading a lot more and trying to watch a lot less TV and spend less time scrolling aimlessly on Netflix or being on my phone because I just know how that makes me feel and that it's necessary to prepare for life as much as you can and use your time and that reading is such a great way of doing that. And just the way that you feel in yourself and what it does for your mind and how it makes you present it makes you sleep better all these things but it is more effort to open up a book sit down stay focused read it it has to be something you're interested in you know, it's very easy i think probably for everyone but young men in particular with all these other distractions everywhere to just go like oh fuck this is too hard but why is it worth sticking with it
0: One of the reasons that uh, I argue probably is the primary reason for reading books, Um, so back when I got injured, uh, COVID wasn't around at the time, Um, so I felt myself feeling very isolated, right? Um, I couldn't really connect to anybody else that had had a similar experience, and unfortunately, even now, it would be rare for me to find someone that has gone through what I have gone through. However, There are people everywhere all over the world and in the history of mankind that have gone through similar experiences, similar hardships and similar isolation periods where they did really struggle um, with everyday life. So the number one reason why I would recommend people, especially in Australia now and all over the world, to read books is because it provides that connection um, that we are missing out on socially with the author of the story and the characters within the book. Uh, And what that allows is, it allows us to find perspective in our own lives where, you know, let's say COVID lockdown is really getting to people. Uh, If you were to go and read a book about the Holocaust and World War II, well, that really, really gives you the perspective shift and change in mind, which will allow you to get through sort of any hardship that you can possibly go through. So that's that's mm-hmm. the number one reason why I would argue to read books. But the second thing about reading books, what I found is, and obviously I've been in, um, in charge and worked with thousands of men over my uh, decade career within the military. Um, and what I find is with young men um, and with young people in general, Uh, is that often they don't know what they want to um, pursue in their life. Their interests, unfortunately, they don't know what they don't know. So the second reason why I really, really think reading books is so important, especially in the 21st century, is it opens your mind to the different possibilities that are out there. I used to think that I was a pretty interesting guy, but I look back now and I say, what were my interests? Well, my interests were going to the gym, drinking beers with my mates uh, chasing women that were way out of my league. Um, but that was a, a, essentially it. And work, obviously, as well. The biggest percentage factor of our time was work. That so sounds four, familiar. <laughs> yeah, it does sound <laughs> familiar. It's all of us. It's all of us. And so those four things now in hindsight, I look back and I'm not discouraging anybody with those habits because I know that I've had them. So I'd be a hypocrite. But I look back at those interests of mine and I say, well, that, that, unfortunately, is not the best that I can be, uh, you know, and I've just expanded my, my outlook on life so much. And now I have a myriad of different options, of different things that maybe I would like to pursue in my life that I wouldn't have otherwise known about except for reading books. And yeah. now a, na- a naysayer might say, well, you know, you can find out all these different ideas from social media. And <laughs> this ties in to the third most important thing about reading books, when you read books you go into a state of flow essentially like you're like you're painting a picture like you're singing a song like you're playing guitar your whole mind body and energy is focused on the task at hand you're in the moment exactly right and it's very hard to read a book if you're not in the moment in fact i would argue that it's impossible so it forces that sort of i guess i'm using words that i'm not qualified to use That theta wave state in your mind, the focus, uh, and what that does is it allows you to relax. It's a form of meditation. But more importantly, and where it differs to social media, it allows you to access your long-term memory. And that is why when you look back to your childhood, you can remember the individual books you were reading in high school. Now, you might not have liked it at the time, and that's fair enough. But you will remember the year 10 book that your teacher made you read at the time. And if you were to compare that to, let's say, a funny meme or a good YouTube video that you saw, you can remember that book from your high school English class for the majority of your life as opposed to forgetting about a video that you saw literally two minutes ago because you're mindlessly scrolling, not in the moment. That's all just a
1: flash in the pan, that stuff. And I think there's something about, I know people love the Kindles, but there's something about holding a book in your hand as well and actually turning the pages and the experience of that, which is a whole other thing that I certainly prefer to do that, to actually like sit down and read the book. It's just like a very wholesome sort of experience. And I find a big reason why I like doing it is that what you're saying, it, it relaxes you. It calms your mind down. And I think it's good for your eyes to not stare at a screen for one part of the day as well. And I find certainly reading before bed, I always get knocked out pretty quick. Yeah, like, I'll good. get a fall asleep pretty quickly from doing it. Uh, but it really settles you down. I think just because taking in all the stimulus from screens, we don't realize because we do it constantly, but I think it just continually G's us up. And that's generally what we do before bed and, taking time after work or whatever it is to read instead it might be more effort at least initially but i just think in in terms of how you feel about yourself even your self-worth and just like the calm that you feel it's it can be quite a rewarding practice
0: one 100% and i i fully acknowledge um what you were saying before about it's it's more difficult to pick up a book and start reading than it is to pick up your phone but Um, like you encourage and like we should encourage um, uh, as a society, people that are taking proactive steps um, to benefit their mental health, um, change their life and hopefully live a happier, more rewarding life um, with more experiences, more great stories and more great books. Um, If you look at it in the context of what other practices can you do Mm. to better your life, like going to the gym, meditation, long walks on the beach, getting out into the open air. Well, actually reading books is the easiest thing that you can do to improve your mental health in terms of effort, time um, and money as well. Um, It's actually incredible.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. I totally agree. And I guess you got to Everyone's different, but you got to look at the habits that you have now and how are you feeling and how much are your habits related to that. So if you feel distracted and discombobulated and like you can't focus and in your spare time you spend the whole time scrolling on your phone or on apps or having a million different things open at once, then that's probably going to be tied in with how you feel and your emotional state and if you're able to have the discipline to read a book as just one example and focus on doing one thing and turning a page you might find you actually feel differently inside because just of how we're wired you can't take in all that much stuff at once and feel like feel chilled out we need to especially men we need to just be able to like yeah. focus on one thing at a time.
0: Mate, you know. And that's why um, that's why I love the podcast as well, because it is. it's such a simple, placid way to take the information in, um relax while you're doing it and focus as well. So it's, yeah. um it's a it's a beautiful platform to do what you do. And it's
1: an incredible tool podcasting. And reading, and obviously so many valuable podcasts are inspired by authors and by books and they come in and they do their book promotion. They speak about the book and that's a great way of taking in as well. I think reading the book's probably the ultimate, but you can take in a lot of karma and knowledge from listening to a podcast. But that's what that would be the fourth thing that I would add to yours would be just the wisdom that's available to us from ancient teachers, from teachers around the world now who've literally spent their entire lives studying these things and putting in so much work to finding these answers in life and then they put them down in writing or they put them on a podcast and they say like it's taking my whole career to figure this out like i have learned it here have it like we'd be rude to not engage with that because we just have this incredible opportunity that's never existed before in human history where we can take in all this really valuable stuff, but because it takes a bit of effort, or we might not know where to go looking for it, we kind of just like, oh, no, I can't be bothered. Like, I'll just, I'll just stay on my phone. One
0: hundred percent, and um, and yeah, just just to reiterate that point, it'd be rude not to. That that's the beauty. Um, everything that you will experience and have experienced in your life. Has been experienced by someone else. Um, and there's a great saying from the Two Commando Parachute um, School here in Australia, which is knowledge dispels fear. Yeah.
1: And that we fear what we don't understand.
0: Exactly right. And so what better way than to go and find out about the problem? As soon as you understand that one, you're not alone and two, someone's done this before, well, then your problems quickly um, dissipate. It's so powerful to know you're not alone and to know that there is information out there to get you through.
1: Yeah, lived experience is absolutely massive and that's what the podcast is obviously all about but that's to a large extent self-development books and most books are essentially lived experience it's the same thing it's what humans connect with above all else is the fact that other humans have been through this and they felt like this and like what did they do about it like (laughs) we want to know we want we want answers or as close (laughs) to answers as we can possibly get because we we need them we otherwise we we feel lost and we despair and when we just sort of Tornado and and snowball and and don't know where we can find direction. And the fact is that if if you look for it, there are people out there with advice who have some sort of an understanding of how you feel and that will make you feel better pretty much straight away
0: what 100 and a good one is um and and on the topic of mental health and i, and I don't speak about this much i'm mainly just spruking books um but there are some really really great books out there obviously podcasts as well but there are some really great books that have the science and the the lessons from history and so much time being developed into understanding why we feel the way that we feel at different times that we do and one if I can just plug a book and I don't know the author so it's all above board um, is a book called uh, Lost Connections and in the book Lost Connections, it, it describes nine different facets of our life um, that we, we feel disconnected to when we do start to feel depressed. Um, and I, I couldn't remember all nine off the top of my head, but I'm sure you'll agree. Um, Some of them are a disconnection from um, the natural world, so not going outside enough, a disconnection from meaningful work, so feeling like your boss has got it in for you, Um, a a disconnection to um, meaningful connection, um, all these things. Um, If you go through that list of nine things, like a checklist, you can quickly identify, well, am I getting enough of that? Because science and history tells me, if I increase it, maybe it'll work. So it's a quick resource to sort of test and adjust where feeling and maybe self-identify what you can do better to feel better as well so um yeah it's really interesting
1: do you think men relate to that a lot and like the self-development stuff because it's so practical and you really get those steps written out for you and you can put it into practice quite easily where it's like okay so this isn't just some abstract idea or some story of fiction which of course are great for escapism as well but hey here's how you're feeling, here's why, and like here's what you should do.
0: A hundred percent. And now I won't talk about the practicality of women, but I will agree <laughs> with you that the practicality of men is huge and robust and 100% mate. And now I know you spoke to um, Dan Pronk in a couple of podcasts ago, and now he's a man with lived experience that's put it down in a book um, that, that pretty much tells you exactly what you need to do to build your resilience in that case. uh hundred percent man. And there's something about Um, men connecting with other men. And I look back on my life and I think that I'm a pretty atypical or stereotypical, sorry, um, man in Australia and all of the people that I looked up to were either um, famous sports stars or were doing incredible things like adventurers and those people in the special forces. Now that's the beauty of books. Those same people that we want to emulate, that we want to become, become, sorry, have written books before. So, you know, it's very hard to disagree with someone like, and I'm sure you're familiar with him, um, Jocko Willink, a former uh, US Marine Special Forces officer. When he's telling you to do something, (laughs) Uh, I'm going to listen to that guy because I respect the hell out of him. You know what I mean? And if yeah. there's a, if there's an NRL player that I respect telling me to do something, well, I'm going to take his advice. Um, and all of these people have written books um, and it's just so accessible. That's a and really f-
1: good place to start, isn't it? Because even if you're a bit unsure about reading or you think maybe it's not for you, you've probably got someone in the public eye that you idolize or look up to or want to know more about their stories and the way they think. And they probably have a book written about them or that has to do with them, and that would be a good place to start. And then after you get through that book, perhaps you think, oh, that wasn't actually that bad, maybe I'll try something else. You know, yeah. rather, rather than thinking, all right, I'm going to be a reader now, I'm going to read 50 books in the next three months. It's just like, okay, can I, could I read this one book about this one guy that I think is interesting?
0: 100% mate and and it's very interesting because obviously I have access to a lot of young oh it sounds really bad but I work with a lot of young men and and speaking to them about their reading habits um and where they've come from in history mate more often than not They'll mention a book that they've read, and a good example from a conversation I recently had um, was a young man. He's about 23. The guy's running about 100 kilometers a week. Um, really, really fit guy. Um, absolutely smashes it at work. David um, Goggins. Yeah, exactly right. Now I ask him which books has he read. Now he tells me, David Goggins can't <laughs> hurt me. And I say, what did you think about the book? And he goes, honestly. And I won't take the piss out of him by putting on a stupid voice. He told me honestly. It was it was one of the best things I've ever done was read that book. It's completely changed my life. Yeah. And I said, "Mate, that's awesome. What other books would you recommend?" He's like, "Oh no, I haven't read any I haven't other read books." Any since. <laughs> uh,
1: exactly what. <laughs> and now
0: this is actually this is actually pretty um, yeah, it's pretty typical. I think people will read one book, and and every book that you read has a has a large chance of changing your perception of yeah. the world, breaking down ideas that you believed before. And, you know, putting your life on a different pathway. And you're like, so that's it's, it. It's no, so funny that's when yeah. people are like, oh, I've read that one book. That's a great and that's a great attitude
1: life. for men, isn't it? Where they're like, nah, I read one, one and done. One and done. That's <laughs> all we need. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll be damned
1: if I'm going to drink that Canadian
0: club. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is, it's really interesting. And the way that I um, encourage people to read now, I tell a few of my own stories and what I would prefer. And I find myself whenever I'm with a contractor doing handiwork around the house, I'll get into the conversation about the fact that I'm currently doing my, my MBA, I'm doing a master's degree at university. Now I think that, and I won't name the university, but I think that cost me about probably about $46,000 over a four year period. Now, what it costs to buy a bunch of books that are related to my MBA. Um, non-textbooks, lived experience from people like Elon Musk, like Steve Jobs, like Phil Knight, the owner of Nike, cost me about 60 bucks. And now the further that I go into my MBA, and I'm a distinction student, I realize I would swap this money and this time that I'm spending on traditional education for a couple of hundred dollars of books. I, I would, I'd swap $500 worth of books from one of the best university educations that you can get in this country, I would prefer five hundred dollars worth of books. Now that sounds like a radical idea the first time you hear it. Yeah. But you start to analyze the most successful people in the world, and it's a story we've all heard. They all dropped out of traditional education and started reading books, and then started just getting stuff done. Um. So it's and I not think it's the radical. second. It's
1: the second best thing we can do to actual personal experience. Actually going and living it ourselves is hearing how other people went through it and what they got out of it. So it'd be interesting. question for employers to ask and maybe they do where they ask hey what have you read because you're probably going to learn more about a person from that than just someone who picks up a textbook because there's there's the black and white areas of life and there's there's how things should or shouldn't be done but all the gray area in between which is where humans really exist like how do i think about things how do i interpret this and that that all comes from lived experience we can't get that from a textbook
0: your estimate about employers asking what books that they have read is spot on mate and they do do it mark cuban who's a billionaire has renownedly said multiple times that he would rather hire someone who has read the book rework than someone with a university degree from harvard and now that is a crazy statement from one of the few maybe a couple of thousand billionaires in the world but if if the smartest people the most successful people in the world are all all telling you that you need to read books, then I'm gonna to listen to them.
1: They're all telling you to do psychedelics as well. So just, yeah, just, just yeah, keep in mind. Yeah, they do tell you to do psychedelics. Maybe <laughs> just be cautious with maybe that, you but you anyway. Be doing psychedelics as well, man. I think, um, I'm just
0: looking to my right because I think I got a book here about I don't obviously partake, <laughs> um, but, but 100%, literally, the new science of psychedelics. A recommended book. Hey, it's good to be past. across the
1: literature, even if you uh, don't go there yourself.
0: Exactly right. Arts, science, music, 100%.
1: <laughs> so, how did you notice initially reading started to change your life and change the way you felt? And then, how has that continued over time?
0: Yeah, so it's an excellent question. And I. Um, as I mentioned earlier, about you don't know what you don't know. Um, the beauty about books is it does make you question things that you held for long term beliefs and breaks them down to open up a new way of thinking. Now, I, I'm friends with the neuroscientist, and the way he explained it to me is when you open up your mind to new ideas, it allows um, new neural um, connections and pathways in your brains. Now, the the thing that I've noticed most about reading uh, after reading so many books I've read about probably over 200 books in quick succession over the um over the period of my injury what is it what it has allowed me to do uh uh and it's something that we all want to say that we are or want to do is be more innovative um so innovation I believe is something that I constantly have now because of more ideas 100%. So I've opened my mind to all these new ideas. And that allows my personal experiences, which are also another part of my makeup. It's what we know and what we've experienced, which makes us who we are, um, followed by our beliefs, value systems, etc. By changing my beliefs, by receiving new ideas, by having the experiences that I've had in my past, I can now put that together every time I read something new to create um, so that is something that I consistently notice where I used to be maybe short of ideas or you get the um, the stereotypical boys in a pub trying to come up with a million dollar idea. Yeah. I feel like I have million dollar ideas all the time because of the books that
1: I've read. And you have so many points of reference now, which happen automatically. And then you connect one thing to another and you're like, oh, that idea, that's like that. And it reminds me of this thing, it reminds me of that, which actually makes you a lot more interesting and I guess it helps you with how you are able to think about the world and your place in it. The other thing that I've noticed very clearly from speaking to you is that you're very articulate more so than the majority of guests I would have on just in terms of no pressure to not say ums and ahs and that sort of thing now. <laughs> oh, but, the, but I know now you'll fuck up and sound shit, but <laughs> the way you string words together is obviously on a higher level and I think that that is completely connected to reading as well. And I find the more dedicated that I am to reading and the more time I'm putting in for that, the more articulate I'm able to be in, in podcasting, for example.
0: Yeah, 100%. Communication ability. And we talk about emotional intelligence all the time being like an an indicator of success in either business or personal life. Um, But also reading, it just builds that empathy. It allows you to connect with um, people's stories on a deeper level, which allows you to uh, really connect with the person that you're talking to and understand where they're coming from. So there's so many, so, so many benefits of reading. And uh, another thing... Um, that I say um, trying to encourage more people to read. I touched on it earlier about um, memory and being able to remember something from high school and a bit of an activity that I do with people when I'm trying to convince them to read. And now I'm not going around knocking on people's houses and saying, hey, what books are you reading in there? Let me in. No, I'm not doing that. But when the conversation comes up, and it comes up a bit now because of the Brothers and Books page, um, about the importance of reading, I always ask people what are the five most memorable experiences in your life and that's an important question because as human beings who live however many seconds over however many years and have however many experiences a lot of people can't answer that question but and that's and that's really sad um, and it's really sad because we need to be more mindful and remember these experiences. Now, on the other note, the reason that I ask that question is not to stitch them up and be like, oh, oh my wedding day was pretty important. That's one. Um, and then I don't leave them there and go, well, it sounds like you haven't had that much of an interesting life. Mate. I don't do that. I say, what are the five most important books that you have read? and make mostly like it'll take them a while to answer like it does when you ask them, what are the five most um, you know, important experiences of your life? But the difference is people can remember the five books or maybe two books that they've read in their life. And now mm. <laughs> now, I'm not a neuroscientist, and I'm not a psychologist, but what I argue is this, if you are able to remember books from your past better, then you can remember the most important parts of your life in terms of an individual, then there is a likelihood that a book may be a more meaningful story and experience than something like your wedding day. Now, wedding day is a bad example because there's egos involved. However, it may be more um, of a a memorable experience than finishing your first triathlon, climbing that mountain, meeting your girlfriend for the first time. Now, those are those are the sorts of things that come up. But like you, like,
1: re- you will retain it.
0: A hundred percent. And mm. because you're retaining it, because you're able to look back and quickly reflect, that does change you. That does change you, you know. It's, it's similar to, um, unfortunately, let's say, childhood trauma of any kind. That stays with you in your subconscious and it may affect the person that you become over time. Reading a book stays with you in your subconscious. The story that you read stays with you in your subconscious and it changes you over time. Now, obviously the Bible would be one of the biggest books that does this to a lot of people through religion, changes people's outlooks on lives, their values, ideologies, attributes, and everything about them. So I cannot stress enough that reading books may be the single most important thing that you can do in your life. If you want to live a more successful, more fulfilling life, I think reading books is a great place to start. Very time, um, you know, uh, doesn't take a lot of um, financial backing to go and buy a $20 book. It doesn't take a lot to lie down in bed and not pick up your phone and read a book instead. It's a very easy way to have a dramatic impact on your life. And it's cheaper than a gym membership.
1: (laughs) It's a very strong sell. And you're totally right. I think that's part of the value of it is knowing, hey, I can retain what I read here. and, And whether it changes my life or it doesn't, It will adjust my perspective somewhat. It will give me more of a point of reference. It'll give me something to talk about. It'll make me more educated, and I have the power to do that rather than the endless TV shows that you'll watch. And I've watched a lot of great TV shows in my time, but if you ask me about 80% of them, I would be able to maybe remember the vague storyline, but I can't really tell you shit, and I can't really tell you what I got out of that other than be like, yeah, that was good. (laughs) Yeah, I was you relaxed
0: know. at the time. I got to chill out. Yeah. yeah and understand. I think that's
1: important too. I'm not saying, like, all right, so you have to just be disciplined. you got to light your candle, and every night you got to read your book till you go to sleep. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that would probably be the ideal thing that you could do. But
0: I just think it, it sounds like you're making love, not
1: reading <laughs> books. It's a very sensual experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's not what we're saying. I, I think it's about being more conscious with your spare time. So if you want to watch a show because you like that show, watch that show or watch that movie or whatever it is, but don't just aimlessly spend time on your phone or on technology if it's not serving you. I mean, if it is and you love that and that's your life, then do that as long as you feel like that's the best thing to do. But if you're feeling a bit lost and a bit jumbled and a bit like you'd like some peace, maybe sitting and reading a book and making that a habit, making journaling a habit as well, we'll give you that
0: hundred uh, percent, and like I said before, it, it's out of the range of options that you have to de-stress your life, find some more happiness in your life, find more purpose, and and you know lose some anxiety in your life. It's one of the easiest things, um, easiest things that you can do, and you can do it. Um, so I there's a thing in the military called the uh, the military appreciation process, and what it is, it's a uh, it's a decision making tool that allows us to analyze the enemy analyze our own forces analyze the terrain and come up with the best course of action um, in order to do something about the enemy now if i was to do and i have (laughs) if i was to do um, the map the mission analysis planning um, decision cycle on something like depression and i i won't say the word but but the end state of depression in the most severe cases if i was to do a mission analysis planning cycle on that I would identify that the time that people are most at risk of suffering um, depression, but also um, the physical act of depression at its worst, it's when they're at home by themselves. It's not when they're out in community. It's not when they're playing touch footy with their mates. You know, in those circumstances, they are happy at that period of time. Mm. But the place where where people are most at risk of things like mental health disorders, not disorders, sorry, mental health um, triggers, is when they're alone. And now the, the beauty about reading books is I can do it when I'm at home. If I'm feeling upset, I can just grab it and read. I don't feel like going for a run today because I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You know, the birds are squawking too early, but I, I, I can identify that. And then maybe instead of going for a run, I pick up a book and I get the same sort of endorphins from doing something, just a small thing to start. You know, a thousand steps start with one. It'll it'll actually pain.
1: make you feel less alone reading, even though you yeah. are alone. You will feel the company of whoever you're reading about. And then I think that it also increases your self worth too, because you know that that's a valued value. You know that's a valuable use of your time. That's developing you into allowing you to calm your mind, and you feel better about yourself rather than leaning into some of the negative coping mechanisms that devalue your self-worth and take you on that spiral. So it's all these little habits that, as a once-off, they don't make that big of a difference, but when we build them all together, that is who you actually become and who you are, and they make an incredible difference to everything in your life. So I think reading is a very positive habit, and it's one of those habits, along with exercising, getting enough sleep, Various others that form you into or allow you to be the best version of yourself at the end of the day. You yeah,
0: know. yeah, hundred percent. And and it, it's that consistency that you talk about, and I can't agree more, mate. And on a on a lighter note, um, we talk about another benefit of reading books. And you mentioned earlier um, that you're a single man when you're talking about you know dating apps and stuff like that that draw your attention away. The, and, and and it's an important thing to talk about relationships and meaningful relationships, especially with the with the other sex. A, a, as males, it is something that we actually strive for. I think it's Napoleon Hill in Think and Grow Rich. He talks about how, you know, you should try and turn your sex drive into your business drive if you want to achieve something. Because men will go to ridiculous lengths to you know to find to find the female human hunt her down you know we'll lie about our occupation we'll talk about salaries we don't have we'll do anything that it takes to take a girl home now now I, now I'm that's not probably not going to attract
1: the right kind of girl just so you know that,
0: oh yeah sorry yes exactly right <laughs> the right kind of girls um now i'm not a pickup artist uh, i'm actually in a relationship but the feedback that i get from um, people who follow the page and have started reading books and it ties into that um, the social media feed etc and it gives us what we want to see um, and but it also ties into how reading books can expand your ideas now unfortunately for a lot of males <laughs> and a lot of females they've had to go out there on dates and they've had to talk about probably one of three things, I would argue. I haven't been on one in a while, but they, they probably talk about one of three things. They talk about American politics. They talk about the coronavirus. Um, and they would also probably talk about um, lockdown. Now, the reason that they talk about those three things, and now this is just off the top of my head. They're because they're on social media. Social media. That's all they talk about. Yeah. So if I was a pickup artist, my advice would be this. <laughs> if you were to read more books... You instantly expand your conversation and topics from three ideas from social media and whatever hot that day to about a hundred, and you become the most interesting guy in the room. So I do feel sorry for men and women out there right now talking about Donald Trump on dates, um, because <laughs> if, if that's the first thing that you lead with, well, you know, well, this person spending, you know, and who cares about what people do in their own time? But this person, someone on social media all the time, maybe, I don't know, um, you know, and, and it doesn't lead to interesting conversations. It doesn't lead to many things that you can connect with. Mm. And if you watch those documentaries about how divisive social media is, if you're on the wrong side of the other person's point, well, then that's your relationship done. And yeah, you and then, then you it,
1: take the easy road and build an identity around yeah, that. Yeah, exactly
0: but right. Yep. What
1: is it actually based on? Not a lot. Not a lot, yeah. unfortunately. No, that you make a very good point there. What have um, so, people said that they've gotten out of your page? What kind of feedback have you got from people about having a platform like that? Because it's so unique and I love that it comes from a young man who's in the army who, like we always try to break down new stereotypes, but you're not supposed to be the guy making reading cool, yet here you are doing that. So what sort of response have you got from people and how has it changed others' lives?
0: Yeah, mate. So this is... Um this is um, something that um, brings me a lot of joy and the page takes up a lot of my time. And like I said, I'm studying and I work full time as well, but this is definitely- And you got to keep
1: it. that mustache in check as and, well, Exactly.
0: Bro. The mustache takes up the most time. And, 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 and so the feedback that I'm getting on the page, mate, it, it's absolutely incredible. People message the page and, and tell me about how they've read specific books from the page and then how they've gone out and they've done something amazing themselves. So an example from just last week, there was a woman firefighter in uh, New South Wales, I believe. Um, She recently read a book that was on the page from a war journalist, um, an actual, the author's an Australian actually, um, and the book is about the Australian author's time in Syria and how she watched um, the fall of ISIS um, in first person um, over several years and a firefighter bought the book (laughs) because of the page. And she messaged me and she said, Dylan, I've just finished this book. And I said, oh, that's amazing. Like, uh, make make sure you send the author a message that you enjoyed it. And she's like, no, 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 it's more than that. Uh, I've just signed up to go to university for the first time in my life because I want to study strategy and I want to study journalism um, because of this book. So you've got, so that's a pretty bloody good example of someone who, who, who is actually living a very happy life. Uh, you know, she's a firefighter. She finds purpose. She helps people. She's ticking a lot of the boxes of things that make us happy. But she'll read one book and it completely will take her life on a tangent that wouldn't have otherwise been there yeah. um, and for the better. And, and she, again, didn't understand that this was a route that she could take yeah, yeah. until she read a book. It's so- the
1: incredible power of it. And, yeah, that is amazing that anything can make us make a decision like that. Um, I think there's also, which we we touched on before, the idea of only reading one book and then going, all right, that's the answer right there. (laughs) There's definitely a temptation for that because the people who often write these books are incredibly persuasive, have an incredible way with language, especially with those personal development books where I think it's easy to get drawn into becoming an acolyte of whoever that person is and saying, okay, that's the doctrine. They have the answers that's who I'm going to live my life by. And I think it is important for us to, although we might be geared towards reading a particular style of book or focusing on certain stuff, we should try to read stuff that perhaps we wouldn't necessarily settle on straight away because actually there isn't any one answer and no one really has the answer. And the best we can do is get the most opinions from all over the place.
0: 100%. And the ideology... Um, you're explaining is realism, right? We want to be realists. Now, it doesn't make for good emotional conversation because we're not extremists, we're fence-sitters. We're realists. And so what I've found is actually um, there's not too much of a risk of reading books and becoming, I not in, an extremist in any sense of the word, but just believing in that. What I found, I, I was going down the rabbit hole mostly believing um, was on social media all the time. and. What, what books provide was an actual, just an, a differing opinion from social media. So let's say I didn't read a book for 24 years. I am very far leaning on whatever social media has told me over however long I've had a profile. Mm. And I read a book and then I sort of come back yeah. and I finally meet in the middle. But what it does is it allows you to see that there's other ideas, break down your previous ones. Um, and then I, I have found that through reading these books, I can sort of identify now well, I don't necessarily disagree with that. That's that's um, your opinion or that's a statistic that I don't agree with. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and like you said, it's just information gathering. But I think you're, your you're able mis-
1: to be more objective and see that there's arguments for and against and that there's value... To certain things and, and that someone can do something great or say something valuable without being a great person or the opposite might be true as well and actually it's not black and white it's all shades of gray and there's so much more to it than that but it takes a lot more effort I think to see the world in that way and it also means that you don't automatically belong to a tribe which is what a lot of people want they want that quick identity based on outrage or whatever the trending topic is because that's easy like no one wants to necessarily go and read 200 books to see things differently and it won't necessarily take that much but i think that's a perspective that comes out of it as well
0: yeah one one hundred percent mate um (laughs) you know joining joining a footy team you know, it's not easy, but it's really fun. You've got all your mates around. You all love the same um, NRL team. If you don't, it's quick discussion. Um, and and but, but thinking differently and going, actually, this afternoon, gentlemen, I like the AFL. Well, that's a quick, surefire way to get you kicked out of the NRL yeah, yeah. team in Northern Queensland, for example. But um, it's also, if you do believe in liking the AFL, it's important to actually voice your opinion regardless of um the negative social impacts because that's being true to yourself but it's also it's
1: not it's not one or the other i mean sports one example but it's like yeah and then there's there's all this other stuff in between that we can choose to engage with or not um so how do you feel reading has contributed to making you the man you are today and how different would you be had you not made that decision to stick at reading when you were in hospital
0: Well, so the the first thing that changed, um, the person that I am now is while I was in hospital, I did have two close encounters with death, unfortunately, Um, because I did have a large wound in my back. I was susceptible to, I think I had like maybe 40 staph infections over the time period of 14 months. Yeah, because like I said, it's like a cannonball wound in my lower back and we all know what happens down your lower back. So um, very, very um, open for infection. Um, And what I was also open for was not only infection, um, but because it was so close to my coccyx and very deep into the flesh, um, I was also susceptible to um, bleeding out, essentially. So I had two experiences where I was essentially um, bleeding to death on a hospital bed. And while I was in good hands, that sort of, and I swear here, that sort of shit changes Yeah. So... What those experiences did to me was it it gave me, I guess, not a newfound lease on life, but a new intrinsic motivation to really just make the most of every day. Um, And now while burning motivation is great, what reading books has done for me to couple this effect of my experience is to allow my newfound motivation to be put to good use through the creation of ideas. And so I said earlier... um, I obviously have been running Brothers in Books now for um, 10 months. Um, You know, I've set up five community libraries in three different states around Australia. I've met gold medalists like Libby Trickett. I've met federal parliament members like Phil Thompson. I get to speak to a range of different authors daily. At the moment, I'm running a uh, the the world's coolest readathon, actually. So I've taken on a world title, um, and we've managed to raise sixty thousand dollars for charity in Incredible. thirty-five days. Um, and I'm about to run um, Townsville's coolest book fair as well. So it, it really does. It, it gives you uh, it gives you the ability to come up with new ideas. It gives you the ability to act out on your ideas uh, and it gives you the ability to come up with better solutions than you would have done otherwise. And if you're a motivated person and you couple that with intellect, then you are unstoppable. Um, And finally, the last thing that I would say uh, about how it's changed me, um, and I just touched on it, it it has allowed me to see that if, if you want something enough, it's possible and that anything is possible. It's hard um, to not read someone like Elon Musk's book or the owner of Nike's book and go, hey, I could do that as well. Because what it allows us to do is realize that at the end of the day, we're all just people. And living in a country like Australia, we have so much opportunity to go and do what we want to do, but we've got to find out what it is that we want to do. And we need to know that it's possible. Reading books allows you to do both. And then you can go and Live the best life that you can.
1: Well said, mate. And what's on the essential reading list for us?
0: Uh, hey, that's a good question. So, brothers in books is a constant um, is a constant feed of recommended books from um, books that have changed other people's lives. So, I won't break it down to must read books, but I've got a few books here with me today that I think some of your listeners may have um, may have uh, read already. So just... <laughs> the, f- the first book that I'd recommend to someone—that's one of my
1: favourite books, yeah, hundred percent.
0: The first book that I'd recommend is *The Alchemist* by Paulo Colo. and the reason that I recommend that book is because it incites that motivation for adventure. It makes you want to go out and see the world. And if you don't get that from it, that's okay. Um, But that's why I'd recommend that book. Now, the second book that I recommend to you this afternoon um, is Yes to Life by Viktor Frankl. And I mentioned Viktor Frankl before as a Holocaust survivor. Now, his his most well-known book uh, is uh, A Man's Search for Meaning. Um, But his other book, Yes to Life, um, is a series of lectures that he gave to people struggling with depression and anxiety. And he gave these lectures within this book um, for multiple years to thousands of students and not a single one of those students, fortunately, took their lives post listening to this man speak. He's
1: he's also got a beautiful quote, which I love, which I'm going to butcher now, but you probably fix it up. Something to the effect (laughs) of, to be a light is to endure burning.
0: Oh, I don't know that You quite. don't know that one? You can't like You difficult.
1: can't save me? But I just think that that one really rings true where it's like if you're going to be a light in the darkness or you're going to offer something of true value, then you have to go through the fire to get there. And I think, fuck, that's bang on.
0: Oh, 100%. And um, it, 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 sorry for saying 100%. I just agree with you a lot. <laughs> As I compliment you on your beautiful teeth and now I can't stop agreeing with you. <laughs> um, and i just like to say that that's dead on, that's dead on about going through hard times and then, you know, um, finding the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and one, one quote that I do love is that, um, <laughs> it's a quote um, that I used to use, is nobody remembers the times that you had it easy and you look back in your life when you were enjoying your Netflix TV series, you don't remember much of those times. But I bet you my bottom dollar that you have experienced hardship in your life before. You've experienced financial stress. You've experienced relationship breakdowns, a death in the family. And that was a very hard time. And now you're going to remember that for the rest of your life because of your amygdala making you remember it under duress and stress. Um, But what that allows you to do is when you find yourself in a hard time, you can quickly reflect and say, well, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. I better act in a way that makes me proud and other people would respect. And now that's a good way to live your life um, when you find yourself feeling
1: down. I absolutely agree with that. And also those times are coming, whether we like it or not. And reading helps us prepare for that, which I think all of us would want to be prepared if we could be. So Young Bud's all about making mental health cool and making having these open conversations about vulnerability and showing the struggles that we've been through making that cool that's our mission and I think what you're doing making reading cool is very closely aligned with that and serves to break down a stereotype in its own right and also mental health and reading are so intertwined and I'm learning that more and more so I just want to acknowledge you and congratulate you for creating such an incredible platform and speaking about it with such vigor because yeah it it really does break the mold and i think so many people want to get so much out of it man so keep it going and keep the mustache flowing
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey thanks so much and uh the word vigor mate the fact that you're talking about your podcast and utilizing words like vigor means that you're doing the same thing so congratulations (laughs) to yourself as well and i know you you have been super consistent mate over a long period of time and that um yeah, that has definitely got my respect. And um, the last thing I'd say um, is for any listeners, if you if you do want to find Brothers and Books and maybe find your next life changing read, um, just check us out on Instagram. Just Brothers and Books. You'll see another man with a mustache who's more heavily tattooed than I, um, and that's <laughs> our logo. So, um, reading is not for nerds. Reading is for mad dogs. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love that, Dylan. Great, mate that's it for this episode if you're getting some value out of the show please help us out with a quick rate and review on apple podcasts everything we do is recorded in video so follow young blood men's mental health on instagram and facebook and young blood mental health on TikTok. subscribe to our youtube channel young blood media and please leave us a comment or send us a message if these stories resonate we'd love to hear from you you can sign up to our e-news through our website youngbloodmedia.com.au And most importantly, please share the podcast with anyone in your life who might need it. We're all about reaching as many people as we can. This is Youngblood. Thanks for being part of the mission. Catch you next time.